0: welcome to thriller bitcoin welcome to thriller bitcoin
1: To start. Just, just
2: start. Just start. I
0: already started. All right. We're gonna spend the first few minutes talking about how we just already started. Okay.
2: But you started let's, the pod with just you cut this first five minutes. could you give the intro? Like, ladies and gentlemen, like just do the usual thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Come on.
0: That's not what the people want. The people right. want the people want candid pleb podcasts. This is okay. why they listen to thriller. All right. Hey, since you've been gone, man, listenership has gone up. Yeah, it's it's doing its thing. Absolutely, what um man. what have you been up to, dude? It's good. Let I'm going to first, you. first, let me
2: just say, yeah, go ahead. it's great to have you back, man, inside it, the lab. It is so great to be back. It was night and day being in California and Austin. I can understand why people are moving from, uh, excuse me, San Francisco to here. Why? Just so many things, man. I think the biggest, the biggest culture shock for me was, oh, there's so many things, man. Um, what? what but, very, but, but why? But like, what uh, is it? It's hard to describe. It's, it's, um, it's the fake? First, no, no, the first day, I think, getting off the plane, I felt like I was entering enemy territory, you know? Really? <laughs> it really felt like that, yeah, like, I got off the plane. Why
0: though, why do you feel like that? Why did you, or why did you feel like
2: that? Because it just felt like a, um, so radically different in so many ways, politically, culturally, Um Oh, you mean just like walking around? Yeah, just walking, That's you no know, first five seconds off the, off the airplane, I was like, man, the energy here is different. You feel it. Because here in Austin, it's like, it's more friendly. Free. It's a lot more free. Yeah, but in California, it's like very authoritarian, you know? Wow. Um, there's dude. like a lot of people wearing masks and stuff. It was really weird. Really? Yeah. Oh man, still. So it's kind of like uh The Man in the High Castle. Did you ever see The Man in the High Castle? I've uh, like, watched Bits and Pieces. I yeah. want to buy the book. Yeah, where it's like basically like two different Americas. Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> so I, I guess since I'm at it, I want to talk about the first, the first day zero, right?
0: Okay, so, so. Just, just for just just sort any anybody yeah. that doesn't know, uh Tristan uh, has companies, Lightning Escrow. He was
2: uh, in Lab, And uh, you went, yeah, go ahead and say it. Yeah, so I'll tell you what happens where I've been for the past month, right? So about six months ago, I was in a program called Draper X. And this was like back when we were in Capital Factory, right? They reached out to me on Telegram. I'm not going to say her name, but she reached out to me and said, hey, Tristan, been following your company for a while. We have this program called Draper X and I want you to apply to it. I was like, what the hell is this? This is like obviously a scam. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I looked into it I looked into what DraperX is Who Tim is Because at the time I didn't know You really didn't know who Tim Draper was I mean like I heard of him Drapes. Right But I didn't know He was so Like a He didn't Yeah he's world renowned Yeah he's world renowned You know And uh, in fact His family His great 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 grandfather Invented venture capital In NSF Like in the 50s and 40s So they pretty much Have like this, They set the standard For what like Venture capital is today But um <clears throat> Anyway So I applied this DraperX program Right it was amazing, right? It was 12 weeks long. I uh, had mentors from some of the best companies you've ever heard of. Like, I can't say who exactly, but yeah. you've, you've used them. You've told me about them. Yeah. And um, off the record. Yeah. Off the record. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have legally speaking.
1: <laughs> um, Actually,
0: I don't even remember now. Don't worry about dude, it. Dude, this Royal blue coffee, man, freaking hits different. I know. That's why I think they're putting cocaine in this thing. What? <laughs> dude. I didn't feel like, like I've been drinking the, the club lab coffee, dude. I, uh, I guess though, good, the stuff right? that Kyle's buying is different. This
2: is stronger. It is. It is, man. God, I don't um, know where they're getting this, man. This is Austin coffee. That's why. Mm. Um, and so back to the original point. Grip Rex went to the program. And at the end of it, there was pitch day. And that was a big deal because like 60 VCs on a Zoom call. And Tim yeah. was there. Nick Carter was there. Was oh, really Nick, cool. Carter? Yeah, Nick Carter? Was
0: this pre blonde or yes. after
2: blonde? Pre uh, pre blonde. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. Um. So you got you got like, BTC Maxi Nick. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, So we pitched, but what I did know that there was prizes for pitch day. And one of the prizes was the first, I'm sorry, the top three pitches got a scholarship to Drip University. I was like, okay, great. I had no idea. I don't know what the hell that is, but we'll see what happens. Um, I had a great pitch, not to jerk myself off, but I had one of the best pitches and I did well. Tim said I did great. Um, uh, I can't say. One of the VCs that we've been talking to, she yeah. said I did great. Yeah, I know you don't. Uh, she's very sweet. And program was over. And sure enough, I got the scholarship. I was like, cool. So now what? Um, you know, I keep working and it's time to go to the program. And before mm, like a week before I went. This is back in October, I, right? Yes, yeah, back in like October, um, yeah, like two weeks, October 1st. I looked into the program you a little bit, and it's very vague. The website is very vague. They don't really say much about it. Um, so I went there with an open mind. I have no idea what to expect. Yeah. So I go there, pack my bags. The first day was a train wreck. First day was just utter chaos because I get on the plane is just, just just crying children on the plane. I'm nervous as fuck because I have no idea what to expect. And the program itself is actually on a on a on an actual campus because what they did is they took an old hotel and they converted it into a school in San Mateo.
0: Oh, and ca- and yeah,
2: okay, okay. Yeah, it's really nice. If you want to pull a picture, you can, but... I'm going to pause this yeah. Dropbox thing because it, like... Yeah, don't worry about it. Keeps going. Um. Anyways, the first flight was atrocious. I had a layover flight, and I was almost late to my flight because I was like, cool, they board... You were the leaving from Austin? Yeah, so okay. I go from Austin to Salt Lake, from Salt Lake to San uh, Francisco. Okay. So I, I, I thought I had an hour layover. The time changed. I had five minutes layover. It's like, fuck. So I, I literally sprinted to my flight, I had 40 pounds on my back. I had to carry a bag, my other bag, and my suit bag. If anybody doesn't I know Tristan
0: Beach's frame is very tiny.
2: <laughs> Just kidding. Shut the fuck up. I'm taller than your car. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, yes, I am. I'm 6'3. Beach? Bullshit, Beach. How how tall are you? Six, two and a half. Uh, I beat you. We'll measure afterwards. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Our height, not anything else.
0: Oh, because you brought
2: all you brought you brought <coughs> enough luggage for probably what, two months? I mean, I checked everything else, but still. Anyway, I get to my layover. I have five minutes to get onto my flight. So I, I sprint half a mile. This airport's oh, huge. Did. I was like, when the fuck is this airport going to end? It just keeps going. I'm the last person on my flight. And i are like, like about to close the door. So I get on this flight. I'm sweating. And I get on the plane. I try to relax, you know. And halfway through the flight, I'm still thinking about like the program I'm going to do. I'm going to meet. I spill coffee all over my crotch and on my suit bags. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> and I try to clean it up. And I was I was just so pissed because I thought my suit was ruined and I just bought this suit right.
0: What kind of? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was a nice suit because you
2: needed a suit for the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was terrible. So then I were get,
0: you just wearing turtlenecks the whole time there?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um. Anyway, so I get to San Francisco SFO airport. Mm-hmm. I could not find the Uber area for my life. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna get a taxi. So I was like, taxi, you know. Dude, actually, taxis actually work out better at no, the airport. Oh, fuck that. No, I got scammed. Dude, really? What? Dude, no, I got scammed. So I got out in this taxi, this Russian guy. He's driving, and um, we're about to leave the airport. He's supposed to take a left. He takes a right. It's my my time in the taxi, like an extra 20 minutes. I'm like, dude, you missed your turns. like, oh, I don't uh, speak English. I'm like, great. So I got scammed for an extra 20 bucks. Did a, a yellow taxi? Yeah, it was a yellow taxi. Okay, that's probably. Yeah, right. taxi are Fiat. Dude, so I've been taking taxis from the airport lately. It works. It's just San Francisco. It's just faster. Taxis. I know, but like in San Francisco, it was, it was terrible. So I got scanned yeah. by the taxi, and then I get to the university. It's huge. It's really big. It's like way bigger than you expect. And I walk inside. And I'm like, "Oh, do you have your security deposit?" I'm like, "What security deposit?" Oh, you need like 200 bucks to a oh, for the yeah, for, in cash. I'm like great. So I go to the yeah. bank across the street. Got my credit card pin on the phone with my bank for 30 minutes trying to get it. Finally get the credit card pin and I meet this guy from, um, the first guy I met, his name was, uh, Ignacio. He's from Argentina. Really cool guy. I talked a little bit, you know, about where he's from, what he's doing. And I finally get up to my room. It's locked. I come back downstairs. I'm like, listen, my key card isn't working. They're like, oh, okay, let's go check it out. And it works, but the door is dead bolted. You're laughing because you know what I'm about to say. Yeah, I know
0: what you're about to and say. And
2: yeah, I walk point. in, I meet my roommate. He's also from Argentina. Cool guy or no? And Yeah, he was cool. But um, I get in and, you know, mind you, there's going to be women at this program, right? There's going to be women at this program? Yeah, there's like 15 women at this program. It was really nice. Um, Some very, very attractive ones. But anyway, I'm talking to, his name is Matias. Matt, I call him Matt for short. And we just started talking, you know, where you're from, what you do. And I said, I get, okay, listen, I'm going to get straight to the point. Like, there's women here. And if you want to take any women into this room... Let me know beforehand. So Wait, you were telling up. him? You were yes, telling this guy? I was telling him that. And he's like, "Oh no, I uh, I like boys." Like what? He's like, he's like "I'm I'm, uh, I'm gay." I was like, "Oh great." So my roommate for the next five six weeks was was gay. So I was, was a bit uncomfortable. Um, Why? Because he was checking you out? Yes, dude. Like the I mean, whole time. Yeah, dude. The whole time. It's like, oh, oh dude, man, that's crazy. I don't mind it. I don't think I've ever been in that situation. I don't before. mind it, but it's like it's there, you know. But do you think he? I don't know, man. But anyway, so yeah, first day I was just train wrecks, a cough in my crotch, running from airport to airport, sorry, flight to flight, and just, you know, gay roommate, and just, it was a mess. Um, but that night was really nice because I went to dinner with all these people from Argentina, and we're all like really nervous. We went to this nice restaurant to get steaks, and, you know, we're talking about where we're from, what we're doing. It was just, it was just really nice, man. I, I think that night is the night I realized like there's gonna you know, be a lot of different cultures here I can learn from.
0: Yeah, because it and, sounds like a
2: worldwide thing, right? Yeah. And the first day Gosh, I was there, I wonder how much they spent on that, dude. A lot.
0: They yeah? spent a lot. Like in the millions, you think, or no, like less I would than say a million?
2: Like hundreds of thousands, maybe. For oh, the whole wow. program, that cohort. It was expensive, man. Wow. Um. Gosh. So I got the name Texas there because we are talking about guns and gun law the first night. Uh oh. And they're like, oh, you carry a gun around? I'm like, maybe, who knows? But um, every time they pass me in the hallways, I'm like, Jason, bang. Like they, they did it. The yeah, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> so like the just... guy's got a gun. I was like you're laughing. Oh, no. really? Yeah, because I'm an American there. I was one of five Americans out of 62 people there. You're one of five? One of five, man. It was amazing. It was really, really cool. And you're probably the only Texan there? I, well, oh, yeah. Wow. Well, there's me and this guy named Justin. He has a company called Cabin. Really cool guy. He's in San Antonio. I'm going to bring him here sometime. Really yeah. nice guy. We're going to be good friends. But anyway, it was just amazing, man. So the first day was just utter chaos. But from there on... It was truly, truly amazing. And um, I actually have a journal of everything that I experienced and it, it got so busy to the point where I couldn't, I didn't even have time to write down what I experienced that day. And oh, man, it was just life changing, that program. Really, yeah, like dude. I remember this I remember this program for the rest of my life. Yeah, I was, remember was, you, you were super excited
0: about going to it. And then there were some other people that got selected and they turned it down, right? They're like, fools
2: for turning it down. Really? They why are, do you say that for? You don't have to call them out, but why no, do you say yeah, that for? I just think they missed out on a once in a lifetime experience, truly. And this and this cohort that we had was a very special one because I asked the staff who's you know been through like 10 of them. They said, listen, this cohort is probably one of the best we've ever had. And it was honestly magical, man, because we had great companies there, great people. We're all type A personalities. So we're all like button heads and like how to not oh, be a follower. Um, but it was a lot, man. It was really, really cool. So it's, bas- it's basically like <sighs> experience that you couldn't gather anywhere else unless you went through Absolutely. that. Absolutely, man. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. And so the next day, we did like a tour because we had uh, one extra day to prepare for the actual start of the program. Because I got there a day early. And it was nice, man. We went to the Golden Gate Bridge, took some pictures there. Uh, But the craziest part was that I think the the first biggest culture shock from Texas to California was the gender-neutral bathrooms. What does that mean? So I say that because, listen, I don't mind it, but the way it was... It was at a kid's like playground, right? So we we went to the Golden Gate Bridge, walked about a mile from the Golden Gate Bridge to downtown San Francisco. Okay. And wait, is San Mateo outside of San Francisco? Yeah, it's about 35 minutes by car. Okay, okay. North or south? Uh south? south. No. Okay. I don't know. I forgot. But we got the Golden Gate Bridge. We're walking about, you know, 10 miles to this downtown San Francisco. It was a nice walk, by the way. I was talking to some people from Poland, from Germany, France. Uh, Argentina, Chile, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia. It was amazing. There's all these different cultures coming together and talking about what they're doing. Um, and it's crazy because we all have one thing in common is that we're all here to be and learn as an entrepreneur, you know? Um, anyway, back to this, the culture shock thing. So we get to this children's playground. Where's the bathroom? Because I have to pee, right? Yeah. And I walk in. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Gender neutral bathroom. But I walk in. It's like, Old guys next to little girls in the same bathroom. Shut up. And there's like dude. a sink in the middle, and there's like stalls in there, and it really freaked me out because like there's no cameras in there. It was it was really weird, man. I was like, man, these children are like right next to old guys, and you don't know what the fuck could happened, you know, especially at night.
0: That's crazy. So it freaked me think out. Think was, it was, that, it was yeah. really
2: really freaked me out, and I would never want my children in that kind of situation. Um, but the first night do you was think crazy. Wait, hang on, let's unpack <clears throat> that real
0: quick. Do you think that's just like blind trust that they're doing, or do you look at it more like, um? Yeah. Like it has to just be like, just blindly trusting
2: the community, right. To do the right thing. Yeah. Isn't
0: that what they're doing there? Isn't yeah. that what the, I mean. Something like
2: that. But I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't trust the community to do there because it was just so radically different. And you know, out of like a thousand people, there's probably like one guy or girl that's going to be like, okay, I can probably take advantage of the situation. And, um, yeah. I was thinking about it. Would you want your children going to the bathroom next to this old guy? No, no, not at all. no. And, um, Anyway, so that was that was just a huge culture shock for me.
0: Yeah, when I was um, growing up in the '90s, like <laughs> you would hear about kids getting stolen. Like, uh, my mom was super protective of my um, younger sister. Mm-hmm. Like, she would always make us um, watch her all the time whenever we would go anywhere—the mall, the store. Yeah. One of one of the boys was always watching my sister Katie. Like, it was always a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's
2: crazy. Yeah. So, you know, we swore downtown first day. Um, and then from here on, when I tell these stories, it's all been kind of a blur because I can't really say exactly what happened day by day, both legally and by my memory. Sign signed how
0: many NDAs did you sign? Two.
2: Wow, really? Yeah. One before or two before? One before, one during. Wow, and really? Then, and then I, there's some conversations I've had with some people I can never, ever repeat. So, yeah, so it sounds like oh, you're... Man. So, are you coming back a Freemason is what you're saying? Fuck no, dude. Absolutely <laughs> not. But I'll get, I'll get to that. Kidding. <clears throat> so, anyway. Um, yeah, like I said, from here on out, I'm just going to talk about some of the most memorable experiences I've had. Yeah, yeah, let's do park. that. Okay, yeah. so uh, one night, or I'm sorry, one day, we had an um, a exercise where, you know, by the time we started this, everybody was there. So, we um, sat down... And uh, the main room in the morning, they gave us a team to be with. They drew, like, the team names from this hat, like, Harry Potter style. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And um, you had a team. So how it works is, like, there's 60, 60 people there, right? And each team has, like, five or six people. And every team has a different team name. So it was Team Lightning, Team Catalyst, Team Wizards, wow. Aliens, whatever, right? So I was Team Catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. And in my team, I had... Um, Four four people, right, and we all had different companies, right. One was a Bitcoin company. Uh, I really bring him on this podcast one day, but cool guy. And so uh, the exercise after that was, we back up. So first off, every morning we had to say the oath for Drip University, and it's like is it really? a card? Yeah, it was on the back of our name tags. So we had an oath. What was the oath? Um, it's like I will protect freedom at all costs. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh man, it was great. I wish I brought my name tag with here so I could recite the oath. But it was an amazing oath. It's like affirmations for entrepreneurs. It was really cool. Wow. Um, and a lot of it stuck with me because I get the point of the exercise was to do that and like uh, learn from and you know have a, some basic core values because if you're going to give somebody a million plus dollars, you want them to follow these rules and not fuck up, right? Yeah. Which makes sense. But one of the most memorable exercises from like week one was, <clears throat> oh yeah, and by the way, every morning we had a meeting and to make sure everybody was there. And if all your team didn't show up, you know, j- jump into the pool fully clothed. Like the swimming pool? Yeah, the swimming pool. So I did that many times. Because one of my teammates had a horrible reputation of not showing up. And so… Wait, did they have to jump in the pool when they came in? Yeah. So okay. like if… So there's five people in your team. If one person doesn't show up without a good excuse, like, oh, I'm in a meeting, you all have to go in the pool fully clothed. Just jump in. I did like six, seven times. Really? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It's a fucking cold pool too. It's really, really cold. Um… Anyway, one of the most memorable exercises from week one was we all went into the uh, the main lobby, the hotel, and we were in two lines, side by side, and we were walking around the campus. And we each had like a minute, two minutes to describe what we're doing to each other, and then we'd switch. So you see what I'm saying? We had two lines. I think so. To, yeah, okay. So you talk side by side with somebody, and then the side by side switches. One person goes up front, other person stays stagnant. So you'd be talking to somebody every different minutes right
0: okay
2: and the leader of the line was tim draper he was there Yeah, he was there in person it's really cool yeah drapes was there wow and <clears throat> did he have bitcoin just falling out of his pocket no he had a bitcoin tie though <laughs> oh he did he a bitcoin tie so then we were walking so he walks around in, in yeah, a bitcoin yeah, tie wow. yeah he's a hardcore bitcoiner man he's really cool Dang. i'll talk more about that later but okay um so the point of the line was so like get- he just
0: has like you know cold cars just coming out of his. Ah, comments, dude, I wish. Like, I wish. But um Open Dimes is coming out of it. You know, I talked
2: to him a lot. He really likes me, man. He's a really cool, cool guy. Man. Um He seems like a stand up guy. He is a very stand up guy. He's very down to earth, very humble. Um, you wouldn't think he's a billionaire the way he acts. It's like he wants to be a part of us, you know? It's it's really cool. Um and he even said that this program is his favorite time of the year because he gets to experience and talk to different people from all well around the world. Um, yeah, very, I would very imagine nice guy. I would imagine Tim like, is very cool. Yeah. He's not in the club either, I don't think, because Reasons. But anyway, <clears throat> so back to this exercise. So we were all walking the line, walking around campus. Then we start walking around the town, right? We walk all the way down to this park for about, about two miles. And he's like, okay, let's start running. I'm like, what? So we were running back to campus. i mind you, I'm in a fucking suit. I thought going would just be walking, right? Wow. So I'm in my, my boots and my suit. I'm sweating my ass off. My fucking turtleneck and my suit, right? So I'm like sweating. I am almost next in line. So I literally am chasing Tim Draper as a VC. So I'm like, I was literally chasing VCs. It's pretty funny. Wow! And like there's a, there's a moment where I was like running. I was thinking, I was like, man, I'm literally chasing the VC right now. It's it's like kind of like a metaphor for like what I want to do. You know, um, very cool moment. But then, do they have a lot of those where it was like, yeah, it like it was saying three or four different things at once. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So then, it's my turn to talk to him, and the whole time I was trying to think of how to for him to memorize my pitch. And while I was running, I really thought of a great pitch. It's that, in case you get screwed. Let wait, me wait, wait, think about it for a second. In case you get screwed. Hold on a yeah. second. In case you get screwed, use protection for your Bitcoin payments. Lightning us grow. <laughs> right? And I was like, okay, so what's the best metaphor for protection? A shield? Okay, that's pretty cool, but not cool enough. Mm-mm. Armor? No. I do you know where you're going Uh-oh. with this? A condom. Oh lord. So in case you get screwed, protect your payments like a condom. So I was like, okay, that's the pitch to Tim. And I had 30 seconds to talk to him, right? So I said that to Tim and he loved it. He started laughing. And uh, he remembered me from Drape Rex. Like, oh, that's right. Lightning escrow, of course. Oh, he did? Yeah. So I gave him that pitch. He loved it. And then my turn ended. But man, I, he really left an impression on me because he remembered me, remembered what I was doing. He was a really nice guy. And um, it was just nice. And so we get back. To, and then that night. So your star is rising, is what you're saying? Yeah, my star, <laughs> my star will continue to rise. <laughs> <Did> I, <Nick? laughs> I'm coming for you, Nick. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but um, so that night, was was he there too or no? Now? No, no, oh, no. Wow. There. That'd but, be cool. Um, so then that night we go back into the campus to give us a speech. Oh, wait, let me back up. So after the run, uh, we all went around the pool, all around gathered around mm-hmm. the pool. Tim gave a speech on like entrepreneurship. And he's like, Sometimes you take that first step into the hard things of life. And he steps into the pool in his suit and just jumps in the pool. Oh, nice. So I took off my clothes. I was one of the first people to jump into the pool. And it was cool, man. It was, it was really, really cold. Like by the time everybody jumped into the pool, you saw the steam from the pool. Wow. coming because the, the pool was freezing and everybody this was, was at hot. The, this was at the university. Excuse me. And then after that, we went upstairs to shower, went back downstairs. Excuse me. And they said, okay, now I to write 101 goals outside your, uh, your door for your dorm. I was like, okay, how do we do that? And he showed us. He took a marker and he wrote it in the wall. I was like, what the hell was he doing? And every single wall and Draper University is a whiteboard. It was pretty cool. Wow. Because as, as I noticed, and continued to walk back in my room. Like, there was just messages from older cohorts from like 10 years ago sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Really, really cool. And some companies I've, I've known about. Yeah. have heard of, and they're just right there. The team was right there.
0: And they had gone through Yeah, through it, they yeah. got through it. It was
2: really cool. Interesting.
0: How long, has so, it, how long has that been around for? How many years? Uh, I think 10 years exactly. Wow. So it's been around for a decade. I yeah. wonder why no one really talks about it.
2: It's a very quiet program. They don't really market to, to other people because most people who go to the program are referred to by other alumni. It's oh. really cool. And which makes sense, because like you don't want everybody going to this program. It's for like select people. Um, because 70% of people who go to the program get funded. You know, that's a real statistic from the website. 70%? 70%, yeah. Whoa. Whether it be him, his associates, or somebody else. Um, but it's, it's like a badge of honor, man, going to that program. Because it's hard, because when you talk to VC and they ask about it, you can tell all these stories, right? Um, and essentially what it is, is like a test to make sure you're not an idiot, <laughs> to, you know? Um, anyway, so that night, every wall is a whiteboard. We had to write on our, outside of our door, 100 goals from memory on what we want to do before we die. So I was like, okay, this will be easy. I have like a list of goals in my room anyway. Yeah. You've easy. always talked about that. Cause go, cause setting goals is one of the most important qualities of anybody, Right. Yeah, you think, had goals. Yeah. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, I, I think I, and we, most people
2: don't, which is we, the craziest yeah,
0: part. Yeah, we talked about that. Like every year I I, I write a goal list now. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, what you do I want to accomplish this year? And then it's good to
2: look at it every once in a while during the year and then see how far you've uh, yeah. what you've accomplished. Yeah. And every year, more and more goals get achieved. I mean, like last year I, I achieved 80% of the goals I said. I said a hundred. Nice. Anyway, so I'm at my door, I do this from memory, right? And my neighbors come out, I meet them. There's some really cool people I'd love to talk about later, uh, but my neighbors and we're all sitting there, you know, middle of the night writing down our goals and the first 20 were easy. It's like, okay, boom, done 20. Um, But it really, really got deep because once you wrote those first 20, it's like, okay, what do you want to immediately do with your life? Easy. Okay. Who do you want to be in your life? 20 to 40, right? 40 to 60. Who are you? 60 to 80. What legacy you want to leave? 80 to a hundred. It's like, what is ultimately, ultimately what you want to do with your life? Most important. Yeah, the most absolutely important. And it got really deep, man. I was there for about an hour. I did it all 100, but it was really hard, man. It made me think a lot. It was a very memorable exercise. Um, but the that's next pretty day- pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was great. Uh, and the next you know, activity that was memorable was, um, I'm not sure if I can talk about it, but we had, I'm not going to go too specific into it, but it was an exercise on where we had to make a fake company and do the financials for it and um make a fake company yeah it was it was like they gave us uh, i can't get too civic but um it was a lot of teamwork right and i was with my team it was one of the first team exercises we had and it got pretty heated because we're all type a personalities we're all entrepreneurs so to follow as a team is really hard for not only me but my others as well and um oh, man there's so much on this list i wish i could talk about it was really fun and so what kind of company did you guys have to create
0: an actual uh, real company yeah, we had or to make was...
2: something too we oh, actually wow. physically make it too that was the hardest oh, wow. part um, but it worked good really works. Sounds like. and you know again while we were doing all these kinds of things Tim was there talking to all of us one by one it's like you know what are you doing give us advice on how to do this and um, there was a moment where him and I locked eyes he giving gave me a thumbs up I was like oh cool you know it was really nice it was really nice <laughs> uh, um, what else I got stuck in the elevator once. That was not fun. <laughs> I got stuck in the elevator with no shirt, no shoes. I had to go downstairs with like no shirt, no shoes. It was terrible. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, I went to TechCrunch. That was pretty cool. Wait, really? The yeah, the, yeah, the TechCrunch event. Wait, did you speak there? No, no, no. I wasn't. Oh. A I had the chance, but I didn't. I didn't do that. But
0: they were doing. Don't they do their crunchies or whatever? It was called
2: uh, Tech Week, TechCrunch, oh, wow. right? So it was in this big, huge, um, what is it called? Event space, right? Like mm-hmm. Bitcoin Miami. It was mm-hmm. huge, man. There's a lot of cool booths there. Oh, yeah, I imagine. A lot of Bitcoin big. companies. Um, it was a mess. Did you, um, did you,
0: were you the only uh, Bitcoin company there? I was one of three. One of three yeah. Bitcoin companies?
2: Yeah. Like so, Bitcoin only companies or yeah. Bitcoin and crypto? Mm, okay, I was the only Bitcoin company. You were the only yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. So, yeah. So, for example, listen- so, I was dropping Orange Pills last night. So, than the right, people
0: man. that are listening, Tristan was the only. His company, Lightning Escrow, was the well, only company
2: in Draper U. So there was me. And there then was, the rest of them were crypto companies, crypto so was me. Company, there was, like. was Deepa.io. Gideon's a great guy, by the way. And then there but was- he's crypto? Yeah, I can't say too much. but And then there was another one called Polly. It was like Bitcoin Cashback, but he was like kind of a- he was close with the WEF so that was kind of disappointing no but he was he talked the crypto stuff or was it just I like, talked about that with him he's like no man like listen i'm like bitcoin no. only or he's yeah, bit of a shitcoiner but great guy nonetheless great idea so you're the only hard in bitcoin yeah right? pretty much i was the only plug wow. only plub there um wow i wonder i wonder if you were like the
0: were you that much different with than a lot of the other people there i mean i know obviously cuz like but like as far as like uh morals and like like you know, there's certain things that you meet another Bitcoiner you can kind of expect. That did you have to when you met all these other people? Were you kind of thinking like, hmm, they're not Bitcoiners. How do I? No, no.
2: So there's other companies that were not Bitcoin or cryptocurrency related at all. So it was like construction companies. There was uh, medical companies. There's biotech companies. Um, but they were estate. very fiat focused, or no? It wasn't so much fiat. Just like their industry, like SaaS and. Cloud-based. There's a really, really cool company. I love to death. Um, Nware. Oh, oh yeah, you Great were telling team. me about that. Oh my god, I really, really hope they succeed. Great team. Can I was you talk talking. about it? Yeah, they're they're uh, yeah sure. Um, so should add for Nware. Shout <laughs> out Nware, but they're a uh, cloud computing company for gaming, right? So you can play wow. any game anywhere. That's kind I of. I wonder the, how.
0: They, I wonder if how they're gonna get away with that though.
2: I they I talked about it with Was they just and, using um, ROMs or something. there. like you're talking about like from any decade or just like from no like just new. New games like GTA and stuff like that. So that was probably my favorite company of the whole cohort. And they're different than Steam? Oh, yeah. Cause you can play like GTA on your phone, you know, stuff like that. Really cool stuff. And the computer you're using is like in the cloud. So that was amazing. I was talking to them for hours. Wow. I'm um, sorry. And so <clears throat> back to the tech crunch event. We get there and they're like, oh, you need a Vax Pass. Get in. I'm like, are you shitting me? Really? Yeah. So I went to Target. I, uh, to get into the I, yeah, tech I know, dude, it's so bad. I, why? I don't know. It's so so fiat, man. And I went. Are they to not over COVID over there? No, dude, it's so bad. Well, why though? I don't know because it's California, man. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't, dude. Because like here in Texas, it's like gone, right? When in California, they still approach and enforce sixty percent. What it was? Are they locked ago? down still over there? No, they no, can't no, get out no, after no. six
0: p.m. or something?
2: No, no, no. It's not that bad. Then. No, it's not that bad. But it's like it's it's there and it's annoying. So go to Target, get a pass. I spit in the vial because I don't want to put it up my nose. And I just show them this like super official looking piece of paper. Like, okay, you're fine. Get in. But I like, I had to go to this management and ask them for permission. It's so stupid. So stupid. But the event itself was really cool. I saw a lot of cool companies. Um, The event itself was okay, but it was worth going to because I met a lot of cool people. Um, I talked to JP Morgan Chase about some things. Um, but now after the whole Kanye thing, if I'm shutting his bank account down, I doubt I'm going to go with them at all. <laughs>
0: Wait, could you watch TV while you're over there? Could you get the internet? Watch TV? Oh yeah, of course. We, so they, they didn't
2: like shut you guys down like Hunger no, Games, no, right? No, no, like no. you guys weren't like, Not did yet. you
0: have a Hunger Hunger Games thing? Yeah, so
2: I'll get to that in a second. Do you but, know,
0: um, did I ever tell you this? I don't think I told you this. Mm. Um, when we were at the old Pub Lab, one uh, of the best advice, one of the best advice I ever got over there there i would like you know everybody would talk over there and uh one of the guys he had been there for a while i think he was like one of the um you know one of the mentors there or whatever he was like you know what book you need to read and i was like i was expecting him to say like all these other like you know other books right um because I, I probably had read them all already but he was like read the hunger games and i was like why he's like that's the, he's like that's the like you read the hunger games that'll explain everything about being a startup and surviving and then so i didn't read the hunger games but i I watched a movie yeah dude yeah if you picture your startup as katniss no seriously if you picture your startup hear me out it's it's not it's not wrong if you picture your startup as katniss and you watch the movie with that approach you come to realize like oh crap It, it, it 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 goes it like it almost it almost like things, you start seeing things differently inside the movie. It's kind of like watching, uh, you're you're probably too young for this, but there was was Pink Floyd, um, Dark Side of the Mood, right? And like, you could could time that up with the um, Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you knew this. You time it up and it goes perfect with the movie. So when you watch The Hunger Games Mm. with that mindset, it like, it feels like that. That's the only kind of analogy I can come up with. But um, did you have a Hunger Games? Inside of... uh, I'll get to that in a
2: second. I Um, feel like you did. So we had what's called survival week. Did somebody not come back? Yeah, (gasps) people dropped out after that. Wow. Yeah, it was hard. So before survival week, we had to make presentations on like safety and stuff. And again, I can't get too specific because I don't get in trouble. Yeah. But we gave presentations on how to be safe. Oh, man. We had one guy come in. I can't say his name. I can't tell him, what, I can't tell you what he did. I can't tell you what he talked about, but man, he was a hardcore motherfucker. Like Another Terry guy or something, maybe, wow. but um, like, Dang. I can't say much, but yeah, man, this no, guy no, was a no, badass dude. Yeah, and I, I did research on him. Oh my god, yeah, he doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. You, he can't, doesn't you exist. cannot find him, yeah, that makes sense. But I can't say too much about him, yeah, or the guys he works with because we, we yeah. can't
0: afford the, the heat on this, park. yeah,
2: so um. We learned about that. We had about two days to prepare and pack. And I met a guy from Yale who's was a researcher, like building his own chips. That was really cool. Nice conversation. Um, What else? Went to the bar. I danced for the first time in my life. That was fun. I don't know. What, yeah, it was wait, fun because I, I never danced before. How I never do you had not the, know uh, how to dance? I mean, I know how to, but like wait. I never had the, like, I don't know. It was just, it was just like a, a cool like moment. Like you went salsa dancing or something? Yeah, pretty much. The um I was dancing to the Argentina girls and guys and they're just oh. like teach me and stuff. It was, it was it was hilarious. Wow. Um You know who can so dance let me get really well. Part. What? You know who can dance really well? Kyle. Logan. Logan. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's where I go swing dancing. Um <laughs> uh, man I miss Logan. Shout out Logan. Shout out Logan. Logan. Um all right, so I'm putting the journal away. I'm gonna get to the juicy stuff now. Wait, that was your journal? Yeah. Okay. So that was like the, the minor stuff, but now let's get into the hunger Games stuff. Survival week. This the part. I really can't talk about because it was crazy. But I'll tell you what. I f- Somebody died. No, no one died. Uh, you should have just said. Someone almost died. Really? Yeah. It was hard, man. So survival week was borderline. Hmm. I can't get too much, but borderline military. Like boot camp. Yeah. I, again, can't get too too specific. But did you guys go to Saudi Arabia or something? No, 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 no. We went to the middle of this forest in an undisclosed location in California. Middle of nowhere. Maybe. But Nevada, were there aliens there? No, 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 <laughs> nothing like crazy. But <laughs> Joshua tree. No, no, no. Um, Borderline military training. It okay. was they pushed me. Again, I can't do, do specific. They pushed me mentally and physically beyond what I thought I was capable of. Really? Yeah, dude. Did like, you have? Did you have water there? Oh, of course. Okay, of course. That was a huge thing. Water. So they
0: didn't. They didn't like not yeah. give
2: you water. No, 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 no. It was um. It was hard, man. People broke their legs, hands. Really? Heat, yeah. There was a. Um, did people just say no? I don't want to do it. Yeah, people. Some people dropped out after that. It was hard. Like during that, could you have dropped out during? Yeah, that? yeah. You yeah, had the choice. It was all up to you if you want to join or not. But it was hard, man. Wait. Like, so
0: like, wait. Wait. I, I, just, I just just want to get this caveat there, just so people at home can understand. Like, so you got the opportunity to go do this Survivor mm-hmm. week, but did um, could you have opted out of that and
2: then just stayed back? Yep. Okay. Most people didn't make it. I think like. Ten plus people dropped out, and then so were long. they
0: still allowed in back in Draper? Yeah, like, yeah.
2: It was like it was no problem. I we don't get like get in trouble or anything. But you did survive this this week. Did you survive? Of course, I survived. I almost dropped out. Really? I was, I was so close to dropping out. Is that the whole point of the thing where they're trying yeah. to get you to drop out? To make sure you're not soft because there was a, a specific moment where there was one exercise we had to do. Again, I can't tell you what you got, what I did, but Tim was watching. By the way, Tim was there the whole time. He's there the whole time. So he's like watching us do the stuff. And he has a whole, I saw his phone. He has a list of pages of notes about all of us. And like what what we do. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, it was crazy. He has his shit locked down. And Tim's really smart, man. He is really smart. He's like, he's like me. It's like you have your public life and you have your separate life. And I got a peek of it. And oh my God, I can never repeat what I talked about with these people. And again, I can't tell you who I talk to because there's like these people don't exist. He hired some people that I can never ever talk about. Um, and I had some conversations with them. Oh man. My OPSEC is totally going to change. I thought I was locked down before, but man, they know everything about me. Really? Yeah. Um I mean cuz they had to. Like if you're going to hang out with these strangers, they like, you know, have the government to make sure you're not going to murder them, right? Oh that yeah, make that makes sense. sense but right? anyway, enough of that. Survival week. So there was exercises we had to do. We had to sleep outside. Intense. It was freezing cold. It was freezing cold, dude. Both in the air and the water. It was terrible. And and by the way, the whole time we're here, Tim's also sleeping outside. Tim is right next to us the whole time. He's running next what? to us. Yeah. Really? He's right next to us. He's a fit guy. He's very fit. He's very healthy for his age, which is very surprising. How and old is he? Is he in his eighties or seventies? Sixties, seventies, I think. Wow. Yeah. Great guy. And um, <clears throat> we did all these outdoor activities. Um, it was exhausting. We 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 hiked seventy four miles the entire time we were there. Seventy four miles. Seventy four miles between seven days. It was a lot.
0: That's a lot of days. Yeah,
2: man. Um, again, I can't get to the Civic, but there was. Did you see? Like, okay, let me just yeah, ask, you ask this. questions. Okay, I, well, yeah, I'll well, see well, if well, I can yeah, answer them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, I guess the the the, the, the question I want to know most importantly is like. Who came in first out of that? Did you what place did you
2: come in? Was there a place or the whole point of it was just to see just, who could last? Survive. There's like many competitions throughout there and there, but uh the whole point was to survive. <laughs> if you didn't survive, you um how many people actually finished? Like you do
0: Oh, really? Yeah, so out of the 60,
2: of us, 40 actually yeah. finished? Some people passed out, man. It was hard. It was really hard. I was freezing cold. I was I was hot. Were you chasing chickens or anything like that? Can't talk about that, but- You were chasing chickens. I can't talk about it.
0: Dang, that's crazy. Why would you I be had, chasing chickens I had blood on though? my
2: hands. I had warm blood on my hands. Wait, did you have to kill like chickens or something? All right, I can't probably talk about that. I had to kill my own food at one point. Um, oh, Man, we I had some of the worst food of my life there. Just like tuna or something or what? Oh God, not even that. That was a luxury. <laughs> that was a luxury, dude. Were you, were you eating like those MREs or whatever? No, I was eating like just fucking like just- I think the worst meal I had was peanut butter and rice. That's it. Peanut butter rice? <laughs> that was disgusting. Like sticky rice? No, we had like… Spanish rice? We had a sneak in food too because like… there was. So one of the things there that I learned is that break the rules, right? If you stick to all the rules, you're not going to survive, right? So if you broke the rules, you had a better chance of surviving, such as life, right? Because there's oh, no yeah. really rules. There's laws in life, no rules, right? And so and there's, there's parts where I snuck in crunch bars and like, oh man, that was… I've never appreciated foods or water so much after that. Um, did you have to like, uh, create your own water
0: thing or whatever, like sift through your own water?
2: Pretty much. Like did you have to drink your own pee. No, <laughs> I, I brought a live straw though, but thank God I did. Did you have to eat poop? No, I didn't have to eat poop with the help car.
0: <laughs> but,
2: um, you never know, man. I, I don't know. I would drop out there. So, Rob, it was hard. It was really hard, man. And there was one point where I'm like, Hey, sorry, drapes. I'm not going to eat this poop. Yeah. Was it like X factor where you had to like eat bugs and stuff? No, no bugs. Oh, okay. No, none of that wef shit, but. I can't. I wish I could get so specific, but did you ever? Week, did just, you ever have to like
0: control fire?
2: Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. But uh, I'll tell one story. So there was, a, there was a story or a part of the trip where we were all around a campfire, just telling mm-hmm. stories, like all forty of us that survived. And like ghost stories, or what? Yeah, absolutely. We were telling ghost stories. Tim was telling, telling stories about his experience and business and stuff like that. It was a nice cozy moment. Um, there was a point in the program where. By the way, the one advice I got from staff on how to survive. Oh, man. The first day. Oh, I can talk about that. because it's on, it's on camera. So the whole time, by the way, they've pulled me and seven other people aside. They said, listen, uh, we think you're one of the most you know, viable companies in this program. We want to put you in our documentary. Right. So I, I can talk about the first day because it's on camera. You can watch it on YouTube. So the first day of survival day was a, a, a scavenger hunt. We'd get on the train, go to San Francisco. And we had to go all the way downtown. We walked 15 miles with 80 pounds. I, I had to carry 80 pounds worth of shit on my back. What was it? What was inside that bag? My bag, Gideon's bag. He had two duffel bags, and then Nicolina's bag. She had a, 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 a so your backpack. team. Yeah, I was carrying my team's backpack because the like, they were just bitching. Yeah, okay, they were bitching all the time. I was like, okay, fuck, it. I'm just gonna carry your shit. So I was carrying all the stuff for, for miles upon miles, and we had to go from Chinatown to this other part of the city, to this other part of the city, to this dock.
0: What were you trying to look and
2: for? They gave us a list of clues. Like a cipher Yeah, like ciphers. And by the way, I can talk about this because it's like on camera, so I don't mind it. Um, but we got to the end of it, and the end of it was the Golden Gate Bridge. And- uh, Did you guys have to jump? What? Did you have to jump? No, we didn't have to jump. Um, but then- <laughs> You never know, man. Uh, but then we walked across Golden Gate Bridge, and so that was just a clusterfuck. Again, can't get too specific, but my team fucked up, man. Like, there's miscommunications.
0: You guys didn't have uh, a leader lost, in
2: that team? You didn't try to lead? No, dude. I, I tried. Like, we all try to lead. That's the thing. And I think one of the biggest lessons I learned during survival week is teamwork and being a good follower sometimes because, you know, I'm a natural leader and I always want to take charge because I want to do things the way I know and the way I want to do it. But so did everybody else. So there was at a certain point. I was like, okay, I'm just going to let these guys do their thing and I'm going to follow. Right? Yeah. So learning how to be a good follower makes you a better leader. Because I've never really experienced the other side of the coin, right? But in doing so, you learn a lot and how to lead from these other people. So that was really one of the biggest lessons I learned during Survival Week was the um, leadership part.
0: But um, yeah, it really comes down to really um, comes down to soft touches, man. It yeah. doesn't require much more than that. It's just like um, being an example for the team and then willing to do the soft touches, and that's it. That's like when you when you're when you're around a group
2: of leaders like that. It's like really simple, um, but yeah. <clears throat> but um, I think one of the worst moments of survival week was in the middle of the night. I had a spear. Oh, I was God. I was guarding the campsite from panthers and stuff. Two no in the morning, so we got all shifts. Yeah, like bobcats. There were, yeah, dude, and there were wild animals on site. I saw a bobcat. I almost got into a fight with one, but. We were we were definitely safe. There was people there protecting us. Again, I can't say who exactly it was, but, but there was some they, badass they, they, motherfuckers. They let uh, they let like scorpions come in and no no no, no nothing like that. Um, but there was a point in one of the middle of the nights where you heard like a, a cow screaming, it was getting eaten alive, and we woke us all up. And they like, they sat us down and said, "Listen, like this happens, so you guys can't do this tonight because of you know the dangers of, of that."
0: What Are happened you hunting night?
2: with like a bow and arrow or something? Maybe Whoa. maybe that maybe
1: maybe, maybe, maybe of- not.
2: Did you guys use guns maybe maybe Whoa. maybe we did Whoa. maybe we did who knows Did you guys just but, um, use straight up knives maybe we did who knows did you guys ever just like straight up fight each other i can't say i can't, I can't say gladiator style i can't say too much but maybe did you, we did. Did you guys we go did. to
0: um
2: uh, yeah i would imagine maybe, did you have got, to fight maybe, alligators no no alligators but maybe i, I got maybe I got shot in the chest with some uh with some a bullet. bullets who knows who knows wow dude but yeah, I wasn't, it wasn't I don't know,
0: yeah, I don't know about that. Like putting on so, a bulletproof vest and then trusting that the bullets aren't going to go through. No, no, no. There weren't real
2: bullets, but... Um, oh, rubber bullets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real, it's like, real, check that Kevlar. Yeah. There was a lot of war games.
0: It sounds like it. To that. To me, when like you're just... actual hardcore. To me, it sounds like... To me, what it sounds like you're describing is just like this mind game that they're playing to get you to drop yeah. out and then see what you're made of, basically. Mm-hmm. The whole point of it is just to see what you're made of. And like, who's willing to go to the extreme for it?
2: There was a moment, one of the most memorable moments of survival week was (sighs) I was at this lake and we had to do something so outrageous. And it was my turn to do it. And and Tim's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's your team? You all have to do it at once. And he looked right at me and he smiled and he was waiting for me to jump into the freezing cold water. And he he knew it. We like, I read his mind. He was thinking, he's like, if you don't do this, it's not going to happen. I was like, okay, fine. So I looked at him. I just looked and just huffed and just I just fucking jumped, jumped into this freezing ass water, and we had to do what we had to do.
1: Yeah,
2: um, but that was probably one of the most key moments I remember was was that mental barrier just being abolished. Um, there was another moment where there was one of the instructors, and he was teaching us how to survive these military like situations, and I panicked, you know, because it's it's hard. Everybody's panicking, right? You're like you're, you're being chased. May not be, may or may not have been shot at, who knows? But yeah, there was a lesson where he like he gathers up and he said, Look, listen, Tristan, you did this wrong because of this. And he called it war fog. War fog is when you're doing something so intense, you forget the main objective. And it's like something I really, really remember to this day, and I probably will forever remember it's interesting the term war fog because you look at business and you get so involved with like the day to day, the day to day, and you don't ground know what the game. main goal is, you'll always review your goals. Yeah. And having war fog prevents you from achieving those goals. And you start to panic when you don't overcome this war fog. And that was really a cool lesson I learned from that. But um,
0: yeah, there's, there's something to be said about, like, I think, I think the way I always described it was like your ground game and your air game, right? Like your air game yeah. is like these lofty goals, the vision that you have. For what you want to do with your company, and then your ground game, which is like the day-to-day operations, where, where you can really get stuck in the mud. Yeah. But if you start um, fearing like absolute death or whatever, like yeah, dude, that's gonna that's gonna drive down the team. That's gonna drive down yourself. Yeah, it's gonna make you more stressed out. But it's why it's, it's it's important to remain resilient. Absolutely. But yeah, it's interesting.
2: They called it war fog, though. It's a real term that they uh, they learned. Um, during you, So profession. let me ask you a
0: question, cause I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Did you, um, did you play in sports yeah, as a did, child or yeah, no? yeah, so when I was did a kid. You, do you see, like when you're, okay, let's look at it this way. When you, like you like when you were playing sports as a child, right, like, and as a teenager, did you, did you, do you conduct business like that? Or do you, or now that, now that you've kind of been through this, do you conduct business different now because you see it more as war? I guess my question is like: yeah, so has we, your has your conducting business change your mindset of how you used to do it? This is
2: a great how question. you do it now? This is a great question. So let me ask or me answer this. What are you drinking? Water. <laughs> um. Wait, is that straight from the tap? No, it's from the filtered water. I only oh, okay. drink filtered water. Um. So there's two parts of this. There's reading about history and military history, and there's athletics. Right. Reading about military history is. I think crucial for business and entrepreneurs because you learn the mistakes of and how to conduct business as a leader, how to lead teams as a leader. Like for example, Napoleon, Caesar, and some other people that you can really, really learn from. Um, essentially, what business is, especially today, is a, the war without bullets. You think about it; it's between other countries, other companies, other people, and it really is a war without bullets. And that's why I love business because if I wasn't in business, I would probably be something doing something in the military. Um, so there's that aspect of reading about uh, military history. And then there's also, uh, I did, what's this? Okay, let me back up. When I was a kid, I played for no reason basketball. I was terrible at it. I played for like a month. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of lacrosse. High school, I did wrestling for a year. Oh uh, yeah, that's, did right. that's right,
0: you did wrestle.
2: Yeah, I did construction for 10 years, ever since I was like nine years old. My, you know, one of my earliest memories. Yeah, kid, I remember you yeah, telling me this. My story. hands were bleeding from, you know, shoveling. Yeah. That was fun. I really miss doing that sometimes, working in the sun. Digging ditches. Yeah. um, mm. But for the longest time, I did, for six years, I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, judo, a little bit of Muay Thai, and just uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu. So it was a lot of fun, man. And I think that was... It's like chess. Because when you fight somebody, it really reveals on who they are. And because they're fighting style and how they react in a, in a very panicky situation breaks down the barrier of their ego and who they are. Because when you're fighting somebody, it's like very primal, you know, and the the style of fighting and the style of reacting to like, you know, punches and you know, being in a submission shows you how they react and how shows how you react to situations in life. And it's really cool. But once you learn how to control that and how to calmly Fight and get rid of that war fog you go through, you can achieve a lot because, um, yeah, man, fighting is, is really, really hard. And some of the smartest people I know are also do jujitsu for the same reason, because it's like chess with your body. And by the way, I love chess. If you play chess and do jujitsu jiu- and read about the military history, it's over. Like you're going to be one of the best business leaders ever. And if you do it right, um, in my opinion... Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed doing sports. In fact, when I get um, a, a salary again for my when I start paying myself for my from my company, <laughs> I'm going to go back and do jujitsu because I really miss it, man. I love boxing. Yeah. I love jujitsu. Uh, it's a lot of fun, man. And you meet a lot of cool a lot of cool people doing it too as well. Yeah. Um, so that was fun.
0: It's always good to test your strength among yeah. others, right? Man, dude, it sounds like you had a blast. Doing I had that. a blast.
2: So there's there's so much more. There was people from. Um, so
0: I guess okay. So once you got through Survivor, Hunger Games week, um, then you came back. Um, did you did you guys have to present your company at any point? Like, yeah. So did you almost, get a chance to yeah, show Lightning Astro. Absolutely.
2: Us, so I was, we were pitching almost every other day, on stage. And at first, it was really nerve wracking. There were some moments where, they had some judges that were very very high level people in the industry in San Francisco in general. And they were just fucking shitting on, us, shitting on us left and right. Like, oh, this pitch is so bad. You need to change this, change that. And at first, my pitch sucked. You know, it looked okay. It wasn't the best. And I felt like I was back at a capital factory that first day, you know, when he prepared me for the first ever pitch I had. I felt like that again, but at a different level of achievement, yeah. you know. So, I changed my pitch entirely. I changed the structure of the pitch entirely. And I actually met a guy there. I want to give him a shout out. His name is Nick. From Vocal Image, he has an app that helps you um, re learn how to speak again in a proper manner. And there was a session where you know she was my style of learning, so I left that session because I wanted to learn from this other guy on how to speak properly. And he really, really helped me a lot. Is it a think, is it like a application? That, yeah, it's okay. an app for your voice and it uses AI. It's really, really cool. I think that's really important. It is so quite honestly. I learned from him. Uh, you take a pen and put it in your mouth and you talk, talk slower and it actually exercises your muscles in your in your face. And um, I actually use the app every day now because it's so, so important. I think everybody should use it for learning how to speak. But anyway, that's nothing enough of that ad. Um, you
0: definitely have. Yeah. I remember when
2: when you first came in, that was the one of the biggest. Dude, it was hard. Yeah. And yeah. So back to your original mm-hmm. point, we were pitching every day and the end of the program, we had pitch day, right? In front of not only Tim, but his partners and these other people from all these other name brands, venture capitals, and I had a great pitch. Are they did. talking about the FTX stuff? Yeah, they were. So they came, that came up that came up a lot during that. <laughs> what did they say? Um, can you say? In it? fact, yeah. So I can say this because it's a public announcement. Um, I stayed an extra week at the program because on the twenty eighth we had the founder Doug Leone of Sequoia Capital come. Wasn't he one of the? Yeah, he was. What was he his was. Uh, What was his reasoning? He didn't talk about it at all. I actually avoided some of the questions he got. But man, it was so worth the extra week staying to see him talk. And he gave so that at the event, there's no phones, no cameras, no mics allowed. It was a totally private event. Like if you had anything, they would kick you out. Yeah. It was really locked down tight. Like there was security, they were checking you, checking your, your pockets and stuff, checking your bags. It was really, really tight. And there's some stuff I, I cannot repeat. Yeah. Because um, it was like totally unfiltered. And but man, t- I tell think the about, stuff that
0: that tell, tell us the stuff that you can say.
2: Sure. So, there was.
0: I'm I'm really a, interested to see like what they said about the FTX stuff. Can you?
2: Uh, they didn't really talk about that. Like somebody asked about it, but they changed the subject pretty fast. He was like, "Yeah, it was a mistake. We'll learn from." Blah blah blah.
0: Oh really? It yeah, was that? What? He
2: was pissed. Of course, he was pissed. He lost billions. But um. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, that was a really really cool event. I learned a lot. I think about venture capital differently now because yeah, it gives some of that. If you need money for your company you're not going to make it because, I mean, it depends because right now we're in one of the toughest times ever to start a business because he was saying like, oh, a year ago, we were funding everything, you know, left and right, overvaluations, whatever. But now if you can start a company and it succeeds, you're going to do great when you come out of this recession because it's not only one of the hardest times to start a company, but one of the best times because, you know, in 2020 2021, there's just so many... Bullshit companies, company now they were so overvalued. Like for example, Rivian. You know how much they're worth today? How much? BMW is worth sixty billion. Right, they've been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, hundred plus years. Wait, no, like yeah, almost hundred years, right? Rivian, which is now at the Amazon company for makes electric trucks, they're worth eighty billion dollars. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous because they have no, they had no products when they had when they're worth that much. And they don't have the name brand BMW does, which is ridiculous. Um, so that's like one example of overvaluation of a company. But anyway, so back to the original point. But um, so,
0: so just just no, I just want to talk about that for a second because um that's kind of one of the things that I realize is I would say in the past three, four months here at Pleb Lab, I really feel like we have to go back to the old way of doing business, like the way the, the way the way it was where you literally made it work with what you had, right and that's how it was and, and 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 to and the person that got me thinking down this route, and he probably doesn't even realize it now because at the time I was just producing and I was behind the scenes and was nbk mm-hmm. so NBK did a podcast um with Marty, and I was sitting in that room, and I remember him talking about this. And this was probably back in like March or April. And I remember that when I came out of that pod, I remember thinking like that just like hit home with me about how if you can't make your company um, work with the capital that you already have, then it's probably not worth, mm-hmm. you know, keep keep running with it. You know what I mean? Like it's probably not better. It's not probably not good just to chase it. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember that having a big impact on me. So one of the things I've always said was like, we need revenue. We need to make it work with what we have and what little we have. And then we need to show growth. And and that for me is like the, is what makes me like really hard in these days. Yeah. And it's funny that uh, that they were saying that because I've been feeling like that for about four months already.
2: Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things I learned too is that, oh man, I'm so glad I didn't raise a pre-seed. Oh my gosh. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Why? Because, well, two things. So, one, had to raise a pre-seed. Separate story. I would be in a lot of legal shit right now because of what happens with the, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, I would, I would honestly suggest for companies listening to this podcast right now, startups, yeah, for entrepreneurs, startups, for entrepreneurs, quarters, clubs. don't raise a pre-seed for as long as possible. But when you do have a have a working product and raise a seed round amount for your pre-seed, because I got there, I was presenting. And I was raising half what I'm raising now because I got there and people were presenting how much they're raising. And mind you, some of these companies were, I'm sorry, but some of these companies were absolute shit, right? The ones that you were, that you were, yeah, part- there was like a couple of companies I was like, oh, come on, it's like so stupid. And they, they, they pay to go to this program. So like, I get it. They're there to learn. Um, yeah, it's just keep on waving. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mr. Stacker.
0: Stacker news.
2: <laughs> Dude, there's a, <laughs> yeah.
0: so we went to, I don't want to change the subject because yeah. it sounds really important. Um, Anyway, yeah, yeah, keep going. We'll talk so, about it next time. Where was I at? Oh, you were um, saying that like
2: most of these companies that were there didn't have yeah, so actual I realized, product. I realized, dude, I need to raise so much more because these companies, which were, some, there's a couple are just absolute dog shit, right? I'm not going to say who, but I need to raise more because like compared to these guys, I have a great product and Tim knows and he's told me I have a great product, right? So I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm going to raise double. I'm raising now. Um. And so there was a there was a part where I was meeting one of the partners there, and they're like, "How much raising?" I was like, "Uh, uh this amount." In my head, I was gonna say that. I was like, "Fuck, i want to say double it." And they didn't blink an eye. They're like, okay. It's cool. Wrote dude, it down.
0: and and this is where I think I think Bitcoiners, especially Bitcoin builders, we're just built a little different, man. Yeah. It's because we realize that there has to be a foundation, there has to be proof of work, and what you're doing, and it requires like, dude, you know how it is, like. You're gonna, you're gonna run with like zero capital when you start any type of Bitcoin venture. Most more than likely, it's gonna be open source. So you have to figure out different ways.
2: You gotta get really creative really fast. If you can't make it work with zero dollars, it cannot work with a million dollars. Yeah. It's just, it's just true because all money does, it expunges pre existing problems and solutions in your business, right? So if this co founder issue is happening at zero dollars, Once you hit the million dollars, it's going to be a fucking disaster, right? Yeah. So have it work at a zero dollars. And once you have a solid foundation for everything, okay, 90% of stuff, because, you know, money does solve a lot of problems, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. But But, to to Kyle's
0: credit, he's always said it from the very beginning. And this is where I, I, I disagreed with him for so long about it, but it's really true. Like if you can't solve problems without money or if you can't solve problems without money, then they're probably problems. Not worth solving exactly, right? So, and, and to his credit, he's been right about that. We've been able to solve
2: a lot of problems without money. Mm-hmm. I know, man. You guys have only done what you currently have with Pleb Lab with not even that much money at all, dude. I was surprised when you told me yesterday. I was like, it's what? pennies, That's man. It? This is pennies. I know, pennies, dude. Pennies on the dollar, but the wor- the amount of capital to money ratio. I'm sorry, the amount of work you've done to the ratio of money you've raised so far is as insane. I was so surprised. I was like, what? Are you serious? And it's just. Blows their minds, blows their minds. It's a lot uh, of hard work, man. But it's yeah. a lot of people contributing, though, right? There's a lot yeah, of man. we've had a lot of help.
0: Um, um, but that's That's how it works in Bitcoin. You have to rely on your community when you're building something. This is why I believe like people need help. Come to pub Lab. We want to help people
2: because it's the truth, dude. Oh man, all so, boats rise, man. Let me wrap up this Draper. You talk a little bit, but then I'll, and then we'll talk about like coming back. So yeah. So I learned. A lot about how venture capital really works on the like when no one talks about the token side. Uh, oh god, dude, there's so many fucking. I mean, they bring? Up I met the, the founders. I met the founders of Cosmos. Oh my god, dude, they were I, there. Dude, they were there. Oh man, I dude, met, those guys have been. I met the been, founders of like those guys have fucking, been slinging
0: Cosmos for like four years. Oh god, dude, I'm was, surprised
2: they're not millionaires at this point. Oh dude, it was like there was other. I went to some events outside of the Draper U thing because there's like it was like SF Tech Week, and I met so many just shit coinery companies like oh we have a blockchain for like file coin. I'm Like coin what the fuck is file coin <laughs> IPFS what is like trying to do oh, God, thing, just so many coins so raise, much bullshit man beats, um, so much bullshit and so, I, I realized yeah. you guys really taught me like man like why not just have bitcoin i, I asked these people i'm like why not build some bitcoin like oh because this is that um just because they can't secure the bag they can't secure the bag man it's 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 a really a shame this is that this is
0: why like this is why but you know, honestly, it's not even the VC's fault either, right? Yeah, because they're incentivized to get these tokens. But it is a
2: VC's fault. They but no, no. But, know. but hear this out. They though, know. But, no,
0: but hear, yeah, they do know. And That's the game. Because right now, you're talking about a, a little significant time where the SEC is no not calling these tokens securities, so they're able to dump on retail facilit- facilitating through Coinbase. Like this is an actual thing, and everybody knows the game, but no one can talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is the game, and the and and you're you're expecting entrepreneurs. To go in there and not take the bag, you have to be a resilient motherfucker. Sorry for cursing, because right, that's why Bitcoiners are built a little bit different, man. This is why it's a lot harder to build on Bitcoin, but it's the right approach.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. Sorry, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Um, So anyway, but you can't blame the VC. You're literally talking about like a two-year span where they can do this. I mean, four-year span maybe. When it comes to Billions of dollars in your face. I mean, some people are going to, you know, give in and say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take the bait knowing the side effects of what's going to happen. Like, you know, FTX and Sequoia, like they fucking, I'm sure they knew. No, as smart as this guy was, he knew he's, he's well aware and he deserves the billions he lost. But anyway, a lot of um, opportunism, man. So yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up. So we, uh, so many VCs came in talked to us, gave us advice. Uh, A lot of great speakers, man. I can't name, I can't name them. Yeah. But my God, I have met some of the smartest people in my life there. Some of just amazing companies. Amazing companies. Um, there was there was a one or two speakers that were like kind of showing their own company, which like I get. Um, but they, they gave us some really, really good advice. I have a whole list of notes that I wanna. Yeah, dude. I think I think, I think the rest ultimately, of ultimately though is just amazing the things they taught. I think ultimately though, there's some things you just can't learn anywhere else, right? And that's the thing. Is yeah. that when, when, at first when these speakers came in, uh, my first question, I was like, oh, what are your favorite books? Right. And then I gave some great book suggestions. But I realized that like, it's not about the books, man. You have to take this experience that you did get is. in the book that no one talks about. that They can't talk about. And you put it into action. And I think from now on, like, it's not about reading this stuff, but just putting it into action. It's one thing I really, really learned. And um, my God, man, like the amount of. Okay. So let's talk about California now. So the, I thought we were going really about it. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you know, we're not. We barely talked about it. So...
0: Why do you hate California so uh,
2: So, I get it. I like San Francisco. I like San Mateo. I like it. It's cool. People there are nice for the most part. The money's there. Great businesses there. Great developers. But I just can't. I would... Okay, I might get a second place there and have like a hacker house just for fun. But to live there like months out of the year. But man my God, car. It's just so bad. The politics there. It's so bad. Like I was, I think the worst part was when I walked into a coffee shop. Yeah. And not only was there, not only was everybody there making $25 an hour, no problem with that. Right. But like I walk in and there's a fucking like a communist hammer and sickle on a coffee bag, the fucking commie flag in the back. I'm like, are you serious? Really? Yeah. It was great coffee, but I never went there again because I didn't see that until like after I walked in and paid. Wow. But um, it was like, it was crony capitalism at its worst, you know. It was unreal, and yeah, you know, it's kind of it like there's a lot of woke moments in California. But that said, Tim is not woke at all, which is really nice. But um, not to get into Tim's politics and what his beliefs are, but I can I can totally understand why San Francisco is killing themselves because it's such a shame because they have so many great businesses there, so many great people there, and. You know, all these people from outside of America are, com- are coming here, expecting, you know, golds, or I'm sorry, roads of gold. When in the reality is that it's here in Austin, and it's no wonder people are going from California and San Francisco to Austin. Oh, yeah. It's no wonder because the politics, the taxes there, the laws, there's some really, really, really weird people there. I um, I met a guy at one event. He, this is a crazy story, by the way. So I met a guy at an event. He was from China. And he said, hey, how's it going? My name is Tristan, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, I said, what are you working on? He said, oh, I'm making an unbiased news app for um, people to learn from. Like, that's great, man. Like, it's really what we need right now. And he said, no, but listen, honestly, what we really do is influence elections. Like, what? And the Democratic Party was funding him to give fake news stories. And he knew this. He didn't care. To give that company money to promote fake news to influence elections for the left, which is ridiculous. Like, and the right, you know? And uh, that just, it really shows you what really goes on in SF. And like, that's the thing he just, there's things that he told me, which were obvious. And like, I kind of knew about, but hearing it in person is something else, man. And can you only imagine, I can only imagine what, what they don't talk about behind closed doors with all these other companies, you know, and VCs. The hard truth is like, it was the crazy. The hard, the hard truth is you have like,
0: you know, the, I mean, I'm not trying to call anybody out. That's not yeah, what God. I do, but like. The hard truth is, you have like these, these nonprofits like the Bill Melinda Gates Fund that like do a lot of funding for you know these media companies. I know. Uh, If you if you go down the list of like all all the funding that that the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation does, um, they give they give millions to a lot of these media publications, and so what that what that does is that 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 um, has influence uh, on these media companies that that also. Gets them to, um, gives them cover for a lot of things that wouldn't necessarily report on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like a phone call away kind of thing. And unfortunately, like, thank God for like Stacker News and, you know, this pod and like TFTC and like other things like that where you can actually vote with
2: sats. By the way, know? I was talking to some guys from uh, Argentina who have Bitcoin companies, or I'm sorry, a Bitcoin company in Argentina and he's heard of Pleb Lab. Really? He believe that? I was like, oh yeah, I'm from Plum Bob." He's like, no, no way. You guys are hilarious. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's watched PBS before. Oh, wow. The stranger I met. Dude. Just watch PBS. It's crazy. Um, PBS, man. Oh, it man. always surprised me that people watch that. Oh, man. It's such a shit sh- sh- show. <laughs> you should cancel it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's hilarious. I don't keep going. But, um, so coming back, man, there's, I, there's so much in the program I experienced and learned from about. I don't even have. If time. you had to take away, if you had to take away three things, three things, there we go. Yeah, there you question. go. What's, what's, so. what's
0: the three things? What, okay. What are the three things to go do it? Like, well, what are the three things to go do it? And then what'd you take back from it? The three, three main reasons why you should go. And then three main reasons or three main reasons, right. or three things that you took back, I guess. Yeah.
2: Um, you know the question. Um, by the way, they interviewed me for the documentary. It was really cool. They asked some really cool questions. It'll be on YouTube. If you guys are like, I want to get a sliver of what I experienced in Draper, uh, the documentary will be uh, on our YouTube channel somewhere. I can probably find it once it's out there. Um, But the three things I tweet it out, (laughs) send tweet. (laughs) (laughs) But um, repeat the question.
0: What are the three things? What are the three
2: reasons you should be able to Draper you? Yeah. The first reason is why not? Okay. Why not experience something drastically different you will never ever experience again? Right. Second, second thing, reason yeah second thing. The second thing is that it will really not shift your mindset about being or what being an entrepreneur means, but it'll sharpen it it'll really sharpen your mind and make you from you know a softy, because I would argue that most people nowadays are soft into like you know a hardcore this is what I'm fucking doing you better do it with me or else you're not a part of the team kind of mindset. Uh, and the third thing is that it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, going back to the oath they do every single morning, uh, one of the uh, affirmations of the oath is like mostly fun. You know, when we say we do like do a dance, it's kind of ridiculous, but... Um, like the chicken Seriously, dance yeah, no, like, yeah, kind of like. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, f- I forgot to have fun sometimes, you know? And that's why we're here for life. You know, that's what all life is about is having fun and building cool shit. And if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? You yeah. Know? So that was one of the biggest thing. Thanks for me. Is that like, you know, have fun with what you're doing. Um, And the three takeaways I had was, you know, that was one of them is like, have fun with what you're doing. The second is that, let me give me a second. Let me think about this.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see like, obviously you've changed, right? Oh man. Yeah. for sure. You know, we went to go eat um, what we last night. Chewy's last night. Yeah. And we were talking <clears throat> and I, I, I could tell that you had changed. Like you just appear uh, more sharper. I feel like you're a more snappier dresser now. Thank you. Um, And then you, you brought back the Tom Selleck, uh, (laughs) Matt.
2: I think another one is learning how to be a good follower makes you a better leader. Interesting. Absolutely. Wow. Because because wait, so you're telling me you don't have to lead. No, no, no. So one of the things I had to give up was being the leader all the time because that's usually what I like to do. And I'm, I'm better as a leader than a follower, but there are moments where my team and I had like a, you know had a hackathon stuff like that. I wish I could talk about that. Yeah, um, that was really fun, by the way. Nice. You actually had, did you some coding? Yeah, I did. Nice. Um, and we built a re, we built a really cool product. It was terrible, but it worked. <laughs> it was a, oh my god, <laughs> Ship it. it! was a shitty shitcoin product that it wasn't even anyway. Yeah. So during that hackathon, there was wait. Can you say this stuff? No, I can't. But whatever. Um, I can't get into specific. Nah, don't get in like, trouble, dude. I'm not, I'm not, like, like, I, I can tell you like, what go, I did. you're going to go back with your badge and be no, like, no, 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 hold, no, on. Not good it, hold on a second. I can, talk about, I can talk about it. I can't get specific with it. Yeah. So we had this event, this program uh, activity, and one of my teammates and I got into a heated argument, like the way to approach this and like what the idea is we're going to pursue. And him and I got so mad at each other, we had to step outside and like cool down, like one point he was like yelling at me, I was yelling at him. I was like, dude, this is a fucking dumb project. And I was like, I was I was pissed, man, because like we're not gonna win. Of course it didn't win because like it was a fucked up project, but I learned a lot. Yeah. And I learned that giving up the leadership role and assigning leaders and making your roles clear on who's doing what makes your team so much more effective. Because if everybody's doing everything, it's gonna fail. Right. That's I think it's why one of the reasons why we didn't win that competition. But the teams that did win had clear goals. They knew what they were doing. They knew who was doing what and did it well within a time frame. right? And they worked together really well. So I absolutely think that being a good follower makes you a better leader, knowing even if it's the wrong idea, even if it's a terrible idea, doing your job properly and being a good follower is really, really important. And it's changed me as a leader because now I know what not to do as a leader. I know what to do more as a leader. And how to do it. Because there is guys in my team, mm-hmm. one guy, his name is Stefano. He's a really, really smart guy. He has led teams of 200 plus people, right? And I would argue he's more qualified than me to be a leader because he was a bit older. Very smart guy. Very very nice guy. And he sat down with me and he told me, hey, Tristan, listen, you don't always have to be the leadership. You don't always have to be the leader in every situation. And at first I brushed him off like, like whatever, right? But then I thought about it and I meditated about what he talked about. And I was like, man, he's right, you know, because if you can let go and just accept the fact that like, okay, even if, like I said earlier, um, then it's okay. And yeah, that's ultimate. I'm going to start going loops about that idea, but that's one of the biggest takeaways is being a good follower to be a better leader. That was absolutely one of the best things. Uh, this is number two. Number one. That was number two. Okay, number two. Number three, I think honestly, man, of all of it, I'm fucking bullish as hell on Bitcoin really i am a hard Whoa, harder than shocker. ever Shocker! did not expect harder that i thought ever. you were gonna come back fully fiat i thought i was too i thought there was a, i was scared was a, i was like I was man, this guy's going to turn to
0: the dark sides and come back fiat i'm not gonna lie i'll be he's com- back, I'll, I he's will gonna be, come back with
2: a white turtleneck no 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 i'll be completely transparent there was a moment where i was like okay like why shouldn't i do this because like the money's there i was tempting but then i met the people who had taken this route
1: oh and wow they, they
2: were not not the one, not the person I want to be, not the the brand I want to represent, not the mission I want to go with because.
0: Yeah. Because I don't know if you remember, but you have like yeah, a, so
2: a really real,
0: we don't have to get into it, but you've talked yeah. about it in the past where like, there's a reason why you're getting into the escrow market. Like a, yeah. like a, like almost like a, you were born to
2: do it. Yeah. Kind man. Of thing. it's, um, <sighs> we don't have to get into it, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. we can't wait. I don't have, I have time. So okay. there's a certain, do you really point. want to share this? Yeah, absolutely. I don't care. Okay. I'll be transparent as possible. That's kind of what I want to do. Okay. Tell, um, us, tell us why you want to get into escrow for. So <clears throat> the money is there, Car. There is so much money involved with what I can do. But with that money comes a certain energy. And the energy I like the most, and the, the energy I want to support is Bitcoin. Why? Because I thought about it a lot. It was I was going to rebrand it into something entirely different. But I went back to my roots. I thought about you guys. I thought about you and Kyle. I thought about Matt Odell, Marty Bent, Unchained, ABC, Bitdevs. I'm like, man, if I do this, not only will I be on the other side of the coin, quite literally, but I would lose the community. I'd lose the energy and the love you guys have here because Pleb Lab, you guys have it fucking down. There's nothing else in the world like Pleb Lab. I went to other states, I went to California, the tech center of the world, arguably. They don't have what we have here. Seriously, man. Like, Pleb Lab is truly something special. And like, Pleb Lab aside, like Bitcoin community is really, really tight-knit. They're a bit cultish. They're a bit crazy sometimes, but they're right, you know? And I think being a maxi is the only option we have, especially after this whole FTX crash, which I think was meant to happen while my, my, uh, my time there. Um, made me think a lot about, like, the ethos of Bitcoin, the philosophy, and seeing other companies not follow this ethos really showed you who they are, you know? Do you think, do you think, do you think Pleb Lab prepared you for a Absolutely, you? my yeah? God. Oh, dude, that's fuck, good. Man. You guys have no idea. That's good. You guys have no, I mean, you guys have somewhat of an idea, but man. I that's some, all I, I care had about, man. I conversations with myself, with God, and all these different things about like, what's the right thing to do? And I think ultimately the right thing to do at the end of the day is to just orange pill the fuck out of the world, you know, and <laughs> buy these banks. Because, you know, going back to the FTX thing, they are, and FTX was, the complete opposite of the Bitcoin ethos. You know, the banks were funding FTX, fully custodial with their own token, getting loans backed by that token. Token was crashing. People lo- lost billions. People lost their energy with that money they lost. And with Bitcoin and non-custodial solutions, no KYC, you don't lose your time and energy with the, the companies like that because it won't happen. Um, and for example, my company, we're fully non-custodial, we're going to be Bitcoin only. And... It's just the complete opposite of what they do. Because I would, if I lost that much money for my customers, my family, my friends, I would be devastated. I don't know how Sam Bankman-Fried isn't, you know, feeling terrible about this. Maybe he's just, I don't know. But yeah, it's man. just the wrong thing to do. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the wrong thing to do. Rate. I mean, there's there to be some things I'm gonna do. You guys are very, great, like questionable. Like, I have. Okay, so here's the phase I went through. So before I came to Pleb Lab. Way back in 2015, I was like, cool, Bitcoin's cool. Didn't really know much about it. 2017, I was like, oh, cool, cryptocurrency is cool. Woo, trading tokens, right? I came here, I was like, okay, Bitcoin only, I got it. When we went to Draper University, I was like, okay, Bitcoin is obviously the answer, right? But this, 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 and this is okay, right? It's pretty, not gonna lie, it's pretty interesting, right? Um, then I went through the program with more, and I was like, okay, this is why Bitcoin is here, because of this, this, and that. And I came back here, Bullish more than ever. Yeah, dude. So much more we bullish. We picked than I you was up before. yesterday My from the God, airport, dude. man. You were just I didn't, like, I didn't sleep for forty eight hours that day. Yeah, but I was so enthusiastic to be back. And Austin is the best goddamn place in the world for Bitcoin, besides El Salvador. But it was man, interesting. That, it
0: down. was interesting that when you came back, you were just like.
2: So bullish! Oh my God, dude, I'm so. You were just so. Ha- I was so bullish. happy to back too. The prices, oh my God, California is so fucking expensive, man. <laughs> God, you know what a fucking burrito and a coffee cost? The California $110? airport, ten dollars, twenty seven dollars. for a fucking coffee and a burrito. Get out of! I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was pissed. Get like, out of here! It was so shitty too. And the worst part is that when you go to a coffee shop in San Francisco, the default choice of milk is oat milk.
0: Ugh.
2: They're like, "Do you want normal or whole milk?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, so you can say that again." They're like, "Do you want oat milk or whole milk?" I'm like. Obviously, a whole milk, <sighs> and like, oh you. my god! And the grocery store across the street next to New York university, didn't have any fucking beef, no oh, beef. I was pissed. They had so much time? tofu, but no. I like, I had to go eat out to have a steak. It was terrible. Wow, dude. I was pissed, man. But um, got some yeah? California, is uh, an absolute shit coin, man. Get some Kansas cattle shit there. coin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like K and soy, so bad <laughs> out there. Yeah, What was I gonna say um. Dude, it's good to have you back, man. man dude, but I'm sorry, vibe,
0: vibe is really high here in the lab today because like you came am... back yesterday. We were all pumped to hear you, mm-hmm. you, you. get in the chat and you were saying we're coming back, dude. It's
2: vibes are back. What do you think? Has anything changed here? Can you tell if anything's changed? Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot more comfy here. It's a lot more homey. Really? And like Alex's office looks great. <laughs> Kyle's office looks like shit. <laughs> Your office is still a mess, but the actual like workspace itself has really added got some new builders yeah in. new builders in here marcus is a cool guy i really want to get close with him he seems cool alex has changed i can tell and it just feels a lot more pleb here now it's like more broken in like leather shoe yeah. you first buy leather shoe it's like kind of hard and like stiff once you start walking the path more so it becomes more broken in and yeah. more flexible it's just it's just and staying in the was, course done dude. a great job but really it really, the, uh, it really is
0: it really is staying the course like yeah you know there's something to be said about like Sticking to the plan. (laughs) I always talk about it all the time. Like quit changing the damn plan, especially Mm -hmm. changing it last minute. It's like, no, we have a plan. Let's stick to it. And it's just like, keep going forward, man. One day at a time. Yeah, So we win.
2: But you got, let's go back to Up for a second because I think despite Draper being amazing, despite everything I experienced being absolutely amazing, despite Tim being an amazing guy, yeah. By the way, Tim Draper is a really, really, really great guy. He's a hardcore Bitcoiner. And sure, he invests into the cryptocurrency stuff because he knows there's quick money there. But there was a moment when him and I were just talking. It's a very private conversation. I can't talk about it. But yeah. he's a Bitcoiner, man. He really, really believes in the vision. It. He gets it. He knows it. Um, that's, all that all said, everything together was great. Loved it. Had a great best time of my life. Pleb Lab has it down. Austin has it down.
0: What do you what do you mean we got it, it down?
2: down? For the I listeners that, like, out there, what do you mean we got it down? The Bitcoin ethos is here in action. Ultimately, that's what it means because there yeah. it's it's a part of it somewhat. You got to see it to believe it. You have to see it to believe it. Going inside out the bubble for both both worlds. You get to experience both energies of people, ideas, conversations. You can conversations. see it. The, reason, the conversations are different. Yeah. The, the
0: reason too also like you go to Bitcoin Park, it's the same
2: thing. You got to yeah. see it to believe it, dude. Come I here to, to blah, blah, You got to see it to believe it. So I think the worst yeah. thing I experienced in terms of shit coinery was I went to LA for a blockchain summit. God, dude. Oh my God. It was terrible. There was, so ABC, it's like what? 120 people. Yeah. Something like that. This entire blockchain conference, mind you, they rented out the entire, what is it? Event center? Maybe 300 people. Max. 200, maybe. ABC. Is doing a better job than the tens of thousands of thousands dollars they pour into this LA blockchain summit. And mind you, a ticket was a thousand dollars, but I got mine for free because I'm cool. But and then all the sponsorship too. Yeah, oh it, it was that. so shitty, dude. Like they had a. I think the worst the moment I realized I fucked up by going here was they had a, like a, a cardboard cutout for like pictures and stuff of the fucking Board Yacht Club thing. It was yeah. terrible, man. It was honestly just so bad. Dude, but the the the, 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 the reason they're the depressing. Dude, the reason
0: there. they do that is because the amount of money that you can make from blockchain sponsorships and blockchain tickets, like you're making dude, you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's why they do it. It's not it's not for
2: what you get out of the conference. It was so bad Carl. Like this blockchain shop was like just so low energy, and the people there you know all those YouTubers that like just jerk off themselves and talking about cryptocurrency on camera all day and trading? That was like the epitome of everything there. Like I was, I didn't even talk to anybody there. Like I had like a couple of conversations, but man, it was just so shitty. Like the energy there was the complete opposite of Bitcoin. Like ABC here. So ABC is like beef, high energy, great people. The cryptocurrency conference is like just s- sleazy, so shitty. And the, oh my God, the panelists there had no idea what they were talking about. They were so uninformed on everything and they completely avoided the fact of FTX. Like everything like that. It was just, um, it was a shit show, man. Shitcoin shit show. It was terrible. Dang. Getting me bullish on Austin. Yeah, dude. Austin is honestly the best place to be for Bitcoin in the world Gosh. right now. I mean, there's one panelist there who was trying to really show the audience in Bitcoin and why it's the best. But... um. There was a question that somebody asked, like, what is web three? And they just talk for like 30 minutes and trying to describe it. Um like I get it. Like web three is cool and all, but like there's no need for shit coinery at all. You don't have to tokenize your fucking dick pictures. Like, come on, dude. There's just no no need. There's no need. And it's just <laughs> it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, just
2: but um it's good to have you back. Yeah, that's sad, man. I love Austin. Good to have I'm you more back. bullish than ever. I am so motivated to get ready to work. And in fact, Dude, Topher, you guys have all really changed since I've been here. You've lost weight. Damn. Alex is doing great. The members here. But yeah, uh, man, man dude, I'm just so happy to be back. I can tell everybody here is ready to work because right now in this market, despite it being super shitty, I think right now is one of the best times to build. Watch for that. For the entire Bitcoin. Tell them. Why is that? Why? Because again, going back to what the guy from Sequoia said, if you can build a company right now that makes it, in this time period, once the you know, next five, six years do come around in the golden age of Bitcoin or the orange age, maybe.
0: Oh, yeah. The orange whoa. age. TM?
2: Send tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the orange age. I love if it. If you can survive now, you're going to thrive later like you've never seen before because these next five years, these next three years. Are this is what really he was hard. saying or what? This is what I'm saying. These next three years aren't going to be hard, right? Regulations, government, the shit is going to happen. Like There's going to be another FTX event. Something something at that scale is going to happen. Like the, All these cryptocurrency companies are collapsing, like BlockFi, FTX. They're all collapsing. Why? Because when you feel through, throughout all the bullshit, what comes out of it, the gold nuggets, or the orange nuggets that do survive, are Bitcoin companies. And They always will because Bitcoin will be forever around. It'll forever work. It can't hack or merge Bitcoin into some other fucking chain like Ethereum did. And the fact is is that we have the best community and the best people. That's why I love Austin. I love Lab. Thank you.
0: You know, I I honestly believe like it's, we're moving back to a place where it's about like, like uh, owning properties. Do you know what I mean? Like actual real world things. This is why like hardware right now is such a big Mm -hmm. thing behind the scenes right now. Everybody's trying to do their own hardware stuff, right? Like this is where we're, this is where we're headed. We're headed back to that, original ethos of actually
2: building something yeah. of greatness listen I'll give them credit I'll go the, on the yin and the yang side right so the yang is that there are some amazing ideas and shitcoinery, right but the yang the yang of that the other side of the coin is that there's no need to have their own blockchain for this when, when the reality is you just build that on bitcoin sure bitcoin is hard bitcoin script is really hard to learn lighting is really hard right now But the way I see it is that we are currently in the 90s boom of, or I'm sorry, pre-boom of, of the .dot .com, right, for Bitcoin. Because when Netscape released, they didn't have any like NPM libraries, they didn't have any of this stuff. Same with Bitcoin, they didn't have any. Okay, let me back up. <clears throat> so in the 90s, they had JavaScript, HTML, and CSS, right? Nothing fancy, right? And they had things like Netscape, um, I almost said Nostra, what was the music platform called?
0: What, back in the 90s? No, Napster. Uh,
2: Napster, yeah. Napster. Yeah, so, but now they've got React frameworks, React.js, React Native, Flutter, Rust, all these great languages and great companies because of that. But right now, we are in the Netscape phase of Bitcoin where it's like, okay, Bitcoin script doesn't have any libraries, doesn't have any, its own language yet. Uh, there's no like React.js for backend Bitcoin development. Sure. But when the bubble does burst and the future goes on and time goes on, there will be. Better frameworks, better developing environments, languages, all that stuff. And great companies, too. So right now, we're in the Netscape phase, and we're going to go through all this bullshit, right? It'll probably take another six, five years for all this stuff that you know, really filter through. But once it is, when it is filtered through, 2026, 25, 27, I think it'll be some of the best years in the world, in history. Because of not only the companies, but the money is coming back to the people. And you take away the energy... Because money is energy at the end of the day, right? When you take away the money from the banks, when you take away the energy from the banks back into the hands of the people, it's going to be life world-changing. And in fact, I was at, Alex was at my house last night we were talking. And there's he wrote my whiteboard one thing, but it really stuck out to me because it was a, a peace sign, a heart, and Bitcoin. I said, what is that, Alex? He said, oh, that's a kind of thing I made up. It's called peace, love, Bitcoin. I was like, man... If a war ever breaks out about Bitcoin, that's gonna be a huge thing. It's peace, love, Bitcoin. I can see it on T-shirts, on signs, it is gonna be everywhere. Um, but anyway, back to my original point. Oh man, Bitcoin's great. Community's great. PubLab's great. Austin's amazing. Fuck California. Fuck Shitcoinery. It's it's all just <laughs> fuck Ethereum, dude. Oh my god, it's actually security now, which is uh, wait,
0: did Vitalik show up to? No, you?
2: hell no. He it did it a slap in the face. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Legally, as a he's joke. He's like he's like six five, I think. I don't give a fuck. I don't care how tall he is. What if he knows um, Jiu-Jitsu too? Uh, I guarantee he does not. The dude (laughs) plays World of Warcraft. Have you seen the way he dresses, dude? No. Anyway, (laughs) I'm really happy to be back. Lightning Escrow is going to be an amazing company. We're going to rebrand soon to something else. And we're launching in about two months. And um, I guess I'll show it a little bit. So for those of you who don't know, you're currently listening. Lightning Escrow is a non-custodial Bitcoin escrow service on the Lightning player and the base layer as well. So escrow.com, they take about three to five days to process a the transaction. The fees about 3.25% plus other fees so can go as high as like 8%. Um, and they're fully custodial. And you have KYC. So no one likes that. With our company on the base layer, it takes about 10 minutes, landing about you know 35 seconds. That's the goal at least. And our process, I'm sorry, our fees are just a flat 1% fee. And then we also have no KYC. And we're non-custodial, which is really cool. And so we have a website for people like you and I and an API for businesses. So in the event you want to actually dispute a fund, I'm sorry, a transaction with your wallet, with a, a marketplace like Amazon, you can do that and get your money back. No problem. So that's what we do. And you know, our plan is to partner with every wallet, every marketplace, every bank possible so that you have a layer of protection for your Bitcoin in case you get screwed like a condom. <laughs> that's it, man. That's the pitch. And they, they love that pitch, man. But, um, yeah, man. I'm bullish as fuck. Cheers. I'm so ready to build. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Cheers. I miss John. Cheers. I'm ready to build. I'm ready to get launched.
1: Strike.